I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors won Game 3 of the NBA Finals by a score of 123-109 to against the Golden State Warriors at Oracle Arena. Um... Listen, I'm just going to get all the caveats, all the excuses out of the way. All right, so the Warriors had every excuse to lose this game. Um, you know, they had Clay Thompson. He was out. I mean, it was sort of a game-time decision, but it really came down to the Warriors. Didn't want to risk his long-term health. They wanted to give him a little bit more time to rest earlier in the series. And so they held him out. And then KD remains out with his, you know, thing. And so, okay, look, the Warriors were shorthanded. But, uh, you know, and if you want to just – attribute the entire result to the Warriors being shorthanded, you can do that. You you can do that. I mean, it's, it's on the table for you. The Warriors didn't, obviously didn't have the same punch as they normally would, although they still scored 109 points, which is what they scored in games one and two. Regardless, though, the Warriors had their excuse. But I'll tell you this, man. The Raptors took that game. They took that game. It wasn't, and, and, and they had to take that game, too, because it wasn't just given to them. You know what I mean? This is the thing. The Warriors are an incredible team. Like I said, after game two, the podcast done, they have such an incredible construct on offense by playing around Steph Curry, who is an elite offense unto himself. And then you have like two of the greatest defenders of all time in Draymond Green and Andre Godala back there. So like they have a construct still, even though they're shorthanded. Of course, they miss Clay a lot. He's very important. They miss Katie a lot. He's very important. But they have an incredible construct both ways. And when you look at this team, I mean, they played with the heart of a champion tonight. Like, they really did. Steph Curry was sensational. Like, even watching him just cook up my team, I was having a lot of fun doing it. Like, I'm just like, this isn't it. Just as a basketball fan, purely as just a fan of the game, like, Steph was sensational. And at no point did the Warriors ever surrender. I mean, they kept Steph Curry in the – they played him the entire second half until about a minute – like two minutes left in the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how seriously they took this game. They made multiple comeback pushes. Like Guys like Jarebko and Draymond Green were making threes down the stretch. And it just like, you know, like the, the Raptors had to actually take it. And you and that's where I got to credit the Raptors a lot. Like, the Raptors came out and took this game. First of all, if you look at the starting lineup, rarely do you ever see production like this from the starting lineup where the Raptors, all five starters scored 17 points or more. You got 30 for Kawhi. 18 for Pascal, 17 for Mark, 18 for Danny, which is, wow, 18 for Danny is is, is wild. Um, and also 23 for Kyle Lowry. And, like, I mean, you look up and down the roster, the Raptors effectively limited the rotation to seven players. Um, they played a little bit of Pat McCaw in the first half. They played a little bit of Norman Powell throughout. But, like, for the most part, it was a seven-man rotation. It was Kawhi, Pascal, Mark, Danny, Kyle, Fred, and Serge. That's it. Seven guys on the road. Keep it tight. Um and all seven guys made positive contributions. And what can you say about the Raptors? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was truly a team effort. And um, and again, you, you whatever you want to say, the Warriors were shorthanded. Whatever, I, I don't care. Fine, they were shorthanded. But like, Raptors won this game. They they came out. They those I I was very impressed by the performance. I mean, early on, it was sort of a um, 
it was the game was a little bit raggedy. That was the only way to really describe it. Like Steph was incredibly inventive with the way he was scoring the basketball and he was very opportunistic and honestly was shot hunting, which is kind of what they had to do. I mean, like Steph shot 31 times and he had a career high, at least for the playoffs, 47 points because the Warriors needed him to do it. But he was doing it. You know what I mean? Like Steph was just sensational. And um, on the other side, like, you know, what really kept the Warriors or what really kept the Raptors in the game early on was how good their offense was. Like they scored 36 points in the first quarter. And that's where... Okay, so Clay is an important defensive player for them as well. He's a very good two-way player. But at the same time, the Raptors came out with a very good offensive um, scheme. And, and honestly, in thinking back about this game, like the, the main focus of what I wrote you know, post-game was I was very impressed by what Nick Nurse did. He managed a really, really freaking good game. That started with Marcus Saul getting a lot of touches early on. So they made a real point to um, take the Marcus out of the game and – the way you do it, you, the way you neutralize a guy like DeMarcus is, you know, he's obviously great offensively. He can do a lot of things. He's skilled. He can shoot. He can pass. He can score on the post. You know, he can even handle a little bit. He's well, honestly one of the most skilled uh, offensive big men in the league. But um, the way you take out DeMarcus is you exploit him defensively. And since DeMarcus came back from his calf injury, or sorry, his quad injury, like he's he's been quite limited. Um, and, you know, in game two, the Raptors didn't do a good enough job with that. DeMarcus played 28 minutes. He was a huge factor in the in the win for them. And today, the Raptors, you know, Nick Nurse basically was like, yo, we got to attack these guys. We got to attack DeMarcus in particular. Now, it was a bit of a different approach because he kind of took that same thing in game um, game two where I think they started the game with like six straight pick and rolls straight at DeMarcus. And it really did hurt them early on because Kawhi was, you know, hitting some jumpers and stuff. But this time, he decided to go through Marcus All and he decided to engage Marcus All offensively. And anytime you engage Marcus All offensively, it, it just... It's like that with any big man. You give him a couple of touches, you know, he's going to provide better production for you, you know, throughout the game. But especially attacking through Marcus Saul, Mark was very opportunistic in the first quarter. He was, he was firing away from three. He was getting into the post. And in all these scenarios, Boogie was slow. Like, he was slow in the post. He was fouling. He was reaching. Uh, he sent Mark to the line on the three-point shot. Mark was getting open shots. You know, he missed them, but there were still good outcomes for the offense. And basically, you know, they just took DeMarcus out of his rhythm. And especially in a game where, again, you don't have Clay um, and you don't have KD, like they needed someone else besides Steph to be another focal point of the offense. And so that responsibility should have fallen on Boogie. But like the Raptors made a point to, to, to you know, hunt him to the point offensively where he was such um, a liability that Steve Kerr decided, you know what, I got to play defense. I got to play, I, I need to go instead with Bogut. And he got kind of lucky because Bogut actually played really well. But. You know, I, I thought the idea to the emphasis of Marcus Arleon was brilliant by Nurse. I thought Pascal came out incredible in terms of just how aggressive and tenacious he was. Now, granted, he faded as the game went on, but I mean, he was—I mean, he was attacking in the post. He was doing, you know, just every single mismatch, basically. You know, and that's something where I, I think again the Raptors. This has sort of been a huge learning process for for Pascal. Obviously, he's never had this big of a role in this big of a situation before, and he's been up and down, and I think he's going to continue to be that, especially as a young guy. But, like, I thought he picked his spots great today. I thought, um, you know, he went to work against Livingston in the post. He went to work against Iguodala in the post. Um, he had a couple, of, like, nice little cuts, you know, you know, big man action, you know, high-low feeds between Pascal and, and Mark. And it was just the two of them worked great offensively together, and the Raptors had 36 points early on. Now, I mentioned, you know, Steve Kerr decides, okay, I got to go to um, Bogut defensively. And Bogut has been, was really good, um, you know, defensively, especially in game two. 
Uh, he was a big reason why the Warriors were able to keep the Raptors off the score sheet for so long in the second half. But also, um, you know, he's just very smart. And there's a lot of, like, you know, just built-in IQ between Iguodala, Draymond, and Bogan. Not only are the three of them, like, plus-size defenders for their positions, but, like, they played together for a long time. They played together in 2015. They played together in 2016. Like, they won a championship together as those three. So, like, they have a collective knowledge. And I thought Bogut was really good, you know, in terms of just shutting off the paint. Like, Kerr made a smart move to put Bogut onto Pascal that kind of effectively, you know, quieted Pascal. Um, and then Draymond and uh, Iguodala were really good at trapping Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi had a very quiet first half. And Pascal, after a hot start, also cooled off. And basically, the Raptors, they kind of went scoreless for, like, four minutes in in the second quarter there. And, you know, it, you know, and the Warriors were kind of just cut into their deficit. And at, at halftime, it was eight points. The, the sentiment at the time, I was feeling great because I'm just thinking, like, man, the Warriors are going to come out really strong in the third quarter. They, they're, they're legendary for their for their third quarter pushes. And so, you know, I, I thought it, only going up eight points in the first half was kind of an opportunity to miss. But, you know, again, Nick Nurse makes great adjustments. Um, coming out of halftime, instead of going with Danny Green and Kyle Lowry in the backcourt, which is obviously, you know, started every single game throughout this playoff run, he decides to shuffle it up, and he replaces Green with Van Vliet. Now, this is no knock against Green, who was pretty good. Um, you know, he had three threes in the first quarter. He was playing well. You know, defensively, he wasn't getting as many uh, looks against Steph, but, like, you know, he was okay in that front. But Nick Turks basically said, look, Fred is my best Steph Curry defender, and I just know that the Warriors are going to make this comeback push through Steph. So I'm going to put my best defender out there. And you got to give it up for Steph. I mean, he was hitting some tough, like, running twos, and, like, he had, like, a push shot from, like, the free throw line that went in. Like, some tough, tough shots, but Van Vliet was making them work. He was making them work, and, like, you know, I thought it was a great decision by Nurse to put Van Vliet, you know, in the game in the most important time because, like, you know, forget who's starting, who, who's ego, whatever. Just make sure you have the best players on the floor in the most important situations, and that's what, you know, he did. And, you know, I thought um, the, the side effect of having Fred guard, you know, um, uh, Steph, it was that, like, Kyle was able to – get free for more just opportunities offensively. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Kyle today was fantastic. 23 points, you know, 9 assists on 8 of 16 shooting, 5 of 9 from deep in 43 minutes. Sensational. Total total opposite of what he did in Game 2. Game 2, he was gambling too much, this and this and this. Um, You know, in the first half, I'm not going to lie, Kyle was getting torched by Steph. Like, just, Im- like, torched. Like, Steph would put it behind his back, shoot off the dribble. Kyle was just a step slow and then, you know, was fouling and stuff like that. Like, it just wasn't great. But... Um, you know, second half, Van Vliet starts the second half along with Kyle. Van Vliet's able to take that assignment, um, and Kyle has more energy. I thought Kyle's playmaking, especially in the second half, was really good. He had five assists in the second half, a lot of those going to Surge, a lot of those going to Kawhi, you know, Marcus a couple of those as well. But also Kyle hitting some threes, and I think especially when Kyle's able to look for his own offense and um, an attack, and this is where I think Clay was actually missed the most was, um, you know, Clay has – taken turns guarding point guards and he you know he started the series guarding Kyle and I think a big reason why Kyle was quiet was because Clay is such a good point guard defender now granted Clay got other assignments as well but you know what I mean like Kyle just had a hard time now it was a, it's a different story against Livingston Livingston is capable but he's older and I thought Kyle just you know had, was able to lose him across screens and stuff like that also the Warriors are playing a lot of Quinn Cook because they needed some offense and so, you know, Quinn Cook is not a defender whatsoever, so Kyle was able to go off. But Kyle was able to establish himself offensively, and I thought, you know, that opened up opportunities for the rest of his teammates. It's the same deal. I mean, we talked about this a million times. You know, Kyle obviously needs to be aggressive. 
to be effective as a point guard, especially offensively. And uh, tonight he did that. But you know, obviously putting Van Vliet on on Steph is was able to just it just limits his energy. Like you know what I mean? Like it, Kyle has more energy available to play offense, and I thought he was great in that end. Um, and I also thought that like. Again, going back to the point about Bogut, so like basically, Demarcus came on this third quarter, missed a bunch of layups. Very early on, he was he was pulled for Bogut, and so and you know, Bogut worked great defensively in the first half. And then second half, told a different story. Um, you know, Nurse made a point to have Van Vliet attack Bogut in the pick and roll situation and then pull up because like you know what Bogut's going to be, he's going to be dropped back all the way at the rim like a Brook Lopez type, uh, except he's not nearly as agile as Brook Lopez because he's older, but. You know, Bogut's going to be in the paint, and so if you set a good screen up top with whoever's playing center, either Mark or, you know, Serge, like, if you set a good screen, like, there's an open pull-up jumper right there, and I thought Fred hit, you know, two pull-up jumpers, um, you know, to sort of uh, sort of exploit Bogut there, and I also thought it was actually very smart because they also, not just on the ball, but off the ball, they had Danny Green come across pin-down screens where, again, it's involving Bogut's man, and so... If you set a good screen and you let deliver the pass, I mean, he's going to be wide open for a spot-up jumper. And so that's something you actually you don't see enough with Danny. Like, you don't usually see Danny spot up. Like, if he does spot up, it's like a catch-and-shoot in the corner or something like that. But you don't usually see him on the move going around pin-downs like a Terrence Ross type. But um, against a guy like Bogut where he's going to be camped out in the lane, there are perimeter shots open. And I thought the Raptors did a great job in the second half to solve that kind of defensive strategy by Bogan. And so Bogan wasn't as viable. Then Jordan Bell had to come in. Jordan Bell is like clueless defensively. He fouls a lot, makes a lot of bad decisions. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, the Raptors offensively in the second half was, was, was kind of what carried them. They scored 36 points in the third quarter to hold off the Warriors. The Warriors did have their best quarter offensively in the third quarter with 31 points. And Steph was hitting some crazy shots towards the end of it. But like, I mean, man, the Raptors, you know, were able to actually build their lead in the third quarter, which was huge. And then down the stretch, the Raptors defensively were really carried by Serge Ibaka. And again, I give Nurse a lot of credit for this because most people, you know, especially in the timeline, people were screaming about pulling Serge because Serge was really tentative. He was making bad reads defensively, like Steph got a three, and then, you know, Serge was wide open for three, and then he turns it down and offense, you know, muddled and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, there was... Honestly, like Serge was not playing well, and he hasn't played well, you know, basically in the series up until that point. But Nurse decides, no, I'm going to stick with Serge. I'm going to show confidence in Serge the way I showed confidence to Danny, the way I showed confidence in Fred. And it worked out. It worked out. Serge was phenomenal in the second half. You know, like, first off, he had, he had six blocks in that. He had five blocks in the second half. Now, I think two of those blocks were goaltends. And, um, you know, it's just unfortunate. Although, you know, Clay had that goal 10 in the in game two against uh, Pascal, and that wasn't reverse. So whatever. You know, I'm not crying poor for the Warriors. There's no sympathy here. Bad officiating is bad officiating. But having said that, um, Surge in the second half was sensational defensively. The Warriors as a whole shot 16 of 36 in the restricted area tonight, which is like 44%. Like, they like, – just to put that number into perspective, first off, teams usually shoot like around 60%. But, like, the Warriors in particular, like just think back on game two, how many backdoor lobs they were throwing and things like that, cuts, you know, you know, let's just backdoor cuts, stuff like that. Like, they were getting so many easy layups. In, and that and that's ultimately what killed them in game two. It wasn't necessarily, you know, Clay's like, incredible shot making in the first half or Steph, you know, whatever, 23 points. It was all those layups. Today, 
they were trash around the rim. And especially in the second half, Serge had five blocks in the second half. Two on Steph Curry, which Steph will come across the screen. He would try to do a little floater over, over Serge. And, like, Serge blocked it twice. He had a chase down block against Quinn Cook. Serge was phenomenal. Like, at the end of the game, Jarebko tried to go inside. Serge blocked him there as well. You know, had the thumbs down celebration in the crowd. Like, Serge was sensational. And, again, most coaches would have pulled Serge. Like, they really would have pulled Serge. But, man, um, you know, Serge really stepped it up. I'm, I'm really, really happy. And so, overall, I mean, you know, it was a team effort. Uh, all seven players that played tonight contributed. Um, Kawhi obviously leading the way with 30 and very quiet 30 points by him. But, seriously, that just speaks to his ability. I mean, 30 points, 9 of 17 shooting. Didn't have to force his offense that much. Got to the free throw line 11 times. Um Seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, this guy is sensational. But, um, you know, Kyle stepped it up today. Danny stepped it up today. Danny had six three-pointers. That That's pretty good. Danny had six three-pointers. And um, even Marcus All, um, you know, uh, obviously the point to um, highlight Gasol in the offense early on against Boogie was great because it, you know, neutralized Boogie. But it also got Gasol going. Gasol had a great game. Um but yeah, I mean, even if you look at the bench, Fred, you know, came in, you know, pressured Steph. Now, granted, Steph had forty-seven, but that, that, I mean, Steph had a hard forty-seven, if that makes any sense. Um, and even Serge, you know, turned it around after a slow start, had a great game. So it's a great team effort. Great team effort. I thought Nick Nurse again, you know, was sensational in terms of pulling on the right strings. And you know, it wasn't a. I mean, people were calling it a must-win because of the con, like the context. Like obviously, the Warriors being shorthanded, you want to be able to capitalize because these guys will come back eventually and it'll be more difficult. But at the same time, I mean, it's, we're in the NBA Finals. Like, all these games are must-wins. And so, um, after losing Game 2 in pretty painful fashion uh, for the Raptors, because, you know, they had led throughout most of that game, and then they blew it. Um, you know, for them to come back into Oracle Arena and to get this win. I mean, again, I, I, I know you can – it's always easy after the fact to be like, oh, you know, like, oh, they're missing this guy and this guy and this guy. Like, even Kavon Looney, a guy like that was missed, you know, he – Basically got uh, bodied by Kawhi. That's the only word for it is he got bodied and uh, broke his collarbone. I mean, whoo, that man is strong. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like, okay, you could say the words are shorthanded, but, like, they did not play shorthanded tonight. Like, I just didn't I didn't see it. Steph, first off, Steph did enough scoring for, like, two guys at least, right? Norm- normally you would get 47 combined points from Clay and Steph. You know, and today he had, I mean, he was, he was insane. And, and Draymond hit two threes, Iguodala hit two threes. I mean, that's not something that would normally happen. And I mean, again, you know, if, if you want to just, if you want to discredit the win for the Raptors, you know, you can go ahead. You can, you can say, you know, this is one of those things where the Warriors might have punted the game just to get guys, you know, more, more healthy for the rest of the series. But, you know, the Raptors just came into Oracle and they, they took it. And the, and the, the Warriors made a lot of runs. You know, like the Warriors weren't just gonna. They weren't at no point where the Warriors were like, "I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna die." It doesn't matter. Um, you know, they they never did that. They they never did that. And um, you know, with Steph playing the way he was, I mean, he was hitting ridiculous shots. Uh, you're just never out of a game, and especially with the home crowd against you know on your side and everything. Like, it's not easy to go into Oracle and get these wins. But man, the Raptors they were so impressive. And again, it's just it, it goes to the fact that you have all seven players playing at once. And this is the type of basketball I love seeing from the Raptors. Like, when you have, you know, it's not just every play is going through Kawhi. Right? Kyle can provide offense, not just with his own scoring, but with his playmaking. 
and you know Mark can be a, a threat offensively. Danny could be a threat offensively. Fred could hit some. I mean, Fred hits some tough clutch shots, especially in the third quarter there where the Warriors I think cut it down to like five or maybe even three points. You know, um, you know Fred coming in and hitting some jumpers. You know, against that drop scheme by 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 Bogut like. You know, clutch shots, and Van Vliet also hit a ridiculous three at the end of the game to, uh, you know, as the final nail in the in the, in the coffin. But it's just a great effort by the Raptors, you know. And um, and you know what the crazy thing is, man? Um, like they they weren't jumping around, they weren't excited, you know what I mean? Like, um, they weren't really celebrating it. They just kind of like came in, they did their business, and you know, in the post game, they were very business like. No one was up too high. No one was too low. It's sort of the mentality they've had all year. You know, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, shout out Kendrick Perkins, actually. A, a great addition to the media has been Kendrick Perkins. He's been great. He's also been really friendly to the Raptors. Um, I mean, I'm even friendly. The Raptors have just been really good, and he's been telling it like it is. But um, Kendrick, you know, reported after the game that he was like, yo, Raptors coming off into the tunnel and stuff. Didn't hear anybody. Everyone was stone-faced and stuff. This team, is, this team came in and did a job. They, they came in and did a job, and then they, they they put a smackdown on the Warriors. And again, like you you could say the Warriors are trying sure whatever whatever they're gonna get guys back, you know it's, it's fine. Obviously the Warriors this is not the we didn't face the best version of the Warriors, but Raptors came out and they performed man, and uh, I was very very impressed by this game. Um, obviously eventually Clay and KD will come back, and that hurts. They could probably be back in, as soon as Game Four. Uh, it, apparently you know. Um, Clay was lobbying the trainers and stuff like that to get going and play today, but uh, you know Steve Kerr ultimately said, you know what, we gotta, we, we can't risk his health long term and stuff like that, and that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, obviously the player is always going to want to play, and they're all competitive, and you know they were tough at through. I mean, I saw Clay shoot at practice yesterday before game day, and it was like obviously it was limited. He, I honestly, he didn't, he he wasn't moving really like at all, really. But, I mean, he could still shoot. You know what I mean? Like, a 50% clay is still a really good player. He, he was, I mean, I mean, seriously, he was hitting, like, probably, like, 95% of his shots. Like, it was nasty uh, how good he was still shooting, despite the fact that he couldn't really jump. But, like, you know, you would assume clay will be back for game four. KD's apparently going to be practicing with, like, the reserves and some of the coaches just to get some, like, live action um, tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, chances are he's going to play in game four. It's always been targeted that he's been in game four. We'll see what he looks like, to be honest. Like, I haven't even seen KD around the team much uh, recently, but, I mean, you know, I'm, if he's ready to play, he's ready to play. And so that will be tough. But, I mean, also at the same time, like, there's going to be some identity things, right? Like, it's not just going to be an easy solution. Maybe this is just wishful thinking on my part, but, like, you know, a lot of what's working for the Warriors right now is because they're featuring like Steph, like crazy. This is like 2016 levels when he was unanimous MVP of just like give the ball to Steph, let him move. Everyone's sort of just screening. The whole offense is basically to free up Steph. And if it's not freeing up Steph and then there's like a double team, then they're really, you know, playing secondary actions like Iguodala and Draymond or making cuts and passes that are, you know, beating the Raptors rotations like that. Like the whole entire offense is Steph. And that works great. Like, it really is an elite offense. And obviously, it's it's more elite when you got guys like Clay and, and, and KD playing within that. But, like, those guys are going to come in. Those guys are going to demand plays as well. And, you know, it's just – it's not simple, right? I think the Warriors have an offense right now that works under under um, Steph. And it's it's not just purely additive. Like, there is a cost to giving Clay and giving KD more shots. And provided those guys are even healthy enough to, A, you know, defend – 
then keep up and then also provide on the offensive end, you know, I don't know. There's some, there's a level of uncertainty there. And again, man, the Warriors are, I don't know. I mean, like Draymond was on the podium after the game. He was talking about like, uh, you know, like what do we do from here? Well, you know, we're going to go and, and win game four and then go on the road and win game five and come back here and win game six. And everyone's going to have a good time. Like that's literally what he was talking about. And it wasn't even like anyone was like prompting him to get a quote, you know, Draymond, obviously, being the motor mouth that he is, he's going to offer that up. Um, you know, you know, but I mean, at the same time, like, I mean, <laughs> they just they didn't seem that bothered. And you know what? Credit to them. Like, obviously, you would be you would be arrogant too if the Raptors were coming out three uh, championships in the last four years with the other game with the other you know, uh, twenty sixteen being game seven, and they were very close to winning that one too. Um. Yeah, you would be arrogant too, but I mean, like, yo, I don't know, man. They're down two one in the fi- like in the finals. They're down two one in the finals. They don't have home court advantage. Their team is banged up. You know, it's uh, it's it's not just gonna be a walk in the park, is what I'm trying to say. So, who knows? Maybe they come back and they, as as Draymond said, they rattle off three wins. They close out Oracle with you know uh, another title. You know, who knows? Maybe they do that, or maybe the Raptors actually, you know. Pull off the upside here. I mean, yo, the Raptors are playing real well. Like, if you really think about it, like, remember that pass in the in the end of game two, which obviously the end of game two is very painful. But remember that pass where Steph passing out the double team, and he sails it a little bit, and it's, like, to Livingston, but Kawhi gets a hand on it. And, like, if, if Kawhi tipped that ball any further, he's going to streak out the other way for a dunk, and it's a tie game. It's probably going to overtime, and the Raptors, at that point, had a better defense, had more bodies, they were probably going to win overtime. I would give them a really good chance to win overtime. The Raptors are really close to being up 3 nothing in the NBA Finals. You know, like, I joked before the series, I was like, yeah, I was, you know, doing the Raps in 5 thing, like, you know, I'm just saying, like, a couple bounces here or there, like, yo, the Raptors could really be up 3 nothing. So, um, you know, they're in a good spot, the Raptors are. 2-1. That's exactly where they should be. Um, they could even be 3 nothing, like I said, but they're in a damn good spot, and it's it's honestly pressure's on the Warriors to come back and respond. Because to think that they can just walk back in here and, and take the series back, I mean, like maybe against a different team, sure, but against the Raptors, I don't know. Raptors figure some stuff out. Um, I mean, offensively, this is this is great, and again, the, the Warriors are no pushovers uh, defensively. I mean, you got some great defenders on that side, but um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, by the way, I really respect Steph for the way he played, man. I mean, just as as a basketball fan, like seeing uh, uh, like a historically great point guard. Like I think Steph is the second best point guard of all time behind Magic, and there's honestly a case if you want to make it above Magic. Although I wouldn't do that right now, but like he's clearly one of the best ever to do it. And to see him just go nuts like he did tonight, where you know what he ever, the responsibility is falling on him, and you know. You know, uh, he's got to take every shot and he's got to create everything. And the way he played, like the the diligence that he played with, like even at the end of the game, he was like diving for loose balls and and crashing the glass and stuff. And I'm just like, man, this guy has incredible energy and just an incredible will to win. So respect stuff, man. He's a sensational player. And uh, especially now the Raptors have the win. I can go back and watch the highlights and just appreciate greatness because he was phenomenal. But Raps got the win, man. Raps got the win. And now we're up 2-1 in the NBA Finals. After the game, Kawhi, you know. Stone face, but you know, he's like, yo, we got we got two more to go. Two wins away. Two wins away from being two wins away. No, I'm kidding. Um three stars. First star. First star is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry had a great game. Um, you know, it's the old adage. Uh when Kyle Lowry plays well, the Raptors play well. 
23 points, 9 assists from Kyle Lowry today, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from the three-point range. After looking over the film, game two was the worst that Kyle Lowry played all throughout the playoffs. And he's had some he's had some duds. I mean, the man started the playoffs with zero points. But um, game two was, was bad, really bad. I mean, obviously fouling out is pretty bad, although that wasn't the first time he fouled out through the playoffs. But um, – just he wasn't aggressive offensively, wasn't really looking for his looks. Defensively, he was very poor. Like, he couldn't even guard Draymond. Draymond was really getting past him easily. And, you know, and then him fouling out in that situation uh, in the circumstance that he did on a completely needless play, like, 92 feet away from the rim. Like, yeah, I mean, Kyle had a bad game, but then he responded. You know, he said coming out on the road, I played better on the road. And then he, he played better on the road. That's what he did. I mean, he had a sensational performance. Him hitting the threes really does open up everything else because then it changes the way the the, the Warriors defend him. They're a lot more aggressive. Um, him playing off the ball also works a lot too. I mean, I, I mean, look, as much as people didn't like it in the Sixers series and, you know, maybe even in the Orlando Magic series as well where, you know, Kyle and Fred together in the backcourt didn't really work because there's so much length going against them. Like, there's not the same amount of length. And there's definitely not the same amount of physicality from these Warriors. These guys are older. They're not, not playing with the same intensity level as, like, um, even James Ennis, you know what I mean? Or, like, Michael Carter-Williams. Like, those guys were actually really good defensively against the Raptors. But um, those two defenses, like, the, the two-point guard combo for the Raptors has always been great. Like, it just has always been great for the offense. And freeing up Kyle to come around screens to shoot and stuff like that. Like, Kyle was really good in terms of his three-point shooting. And he was just really aggressive looking for his offense. And when that happens, when the defense is really fixated on, okay, we got to stop Kyle Lowry, then it opens up opportunities everywhere else. Like, the nine assists is great. And, you know, there's times where Kyle Lowry is getting nine assists. Like, in game one, for example, he got nine assists because he was just conducting the offense. Like, there, are, it's, it's not all assists are equal. You know what I mean? Like, there's the assist where a guy is generating the whole assist. And there's guy, there's assists where he's just making the right swing pass and the guy's into a guy who's going to be open and he, he makes it. But, you know what I mean? Like, someone else dropped a double team earlier, for example. Um Kyle today, his nine assists were very much – he generated those. Like, he broke down the defense. Um and and he dished it off the guys who were open. And, and I thought Kyle was – he just set the tone for the Raptors. I mean, look, defensively, he was getting torched. No lie. Like, he probably gave up 23 points against Steph by himself. Like, it was it was really, really embarrassing at times watching um, Kyle guard um, Curry. But, like, man, Kyle couldn't guard Curry when he was, when he was in prime. Like, remember, like, Curry had 44 points on Kyle in, like, 2015. So, like, I don't know why you would expect it to be different four years later, but – um, obviously, once Nick Nurse flipped that assignment to Van Vliet full time, it really did help. And um, and yeah, Kyle was 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 really good. He's getting my first star. Second star, I'm giving that to um, I'm giving that to Kawhi. Uh, I don't know how you can deny the fact that he had 30 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, made six of ten or made ten of eleven from the free throw line, hit two threes, hit nine of seven from the field. I just thought it was a very balanced game from Kawhi. He didn't really have to overexert himself. Um, you know, I, I think um, the Warriors do make life very difficult on him. He's had very high turnovers throughout each of the last three games. And um, Draymond and also Iguodala have really hit him with some very smart traps. Even even uh, Boga got into the mix a little bit there in the second quarter. But um, I thought Kawhi, first off, he moved the ball well. I mean, the six assists is always very welcome. Um, obviously he's getting a lot of defensive attention, so he should really be generating a lot of assists just because of the circumstances. But like, um, I mean, he was just, he just played a great game, like all around. Like there's this, you know what I mean? Like very balanced within this flow of the offense and it's a very quiet 30. 
And, and, and you know, there are games where Ka- well, well, Kawhi will get you a loud 35, but somehow today he had a very quiet 30. You know, he was just very opportunistic with his offense. Uh, Warriors fans are very upset with the whistle he's getting, which is hilarious when Steph Curry is shooting 14 free throws a game off flops and shit. But, like, you know, you know, Kawhi's – it's not easy to guard Kawhi. And, and, you know, maybe he's getting to the free throw line because you're guarding him with a G League or an Alfonso McKinney. And maybe you consider that. But um, Kawhi was, was sensational. And I think – uh, as the series goes on, the Raptors are going to have to figure out more things in terms of just how can Kawhi, uh, you know, basically beat the defense of Iguodala and Draymond because the two of them together are very, very difficult. Um, and I, don't, I wouldn't say Kawhi's had his best offense against them. It's, it's against everyone else that he torches. But eventually you're going to have to solve the main matchup. And I think um, whether that's with the pass or with his own scoring, like, you know, um, there are still improvements to be made there, but overall, Kawhi played a very balanced game within the scheme of the offense. Didn't take a lot of shots where I was like, okay, you didn't need to take that. Like, he didn't try to do, like, takeover Kobe-style shots. He didn't do that tonight. And uh, that was great because it, it opened up opportunities for the rest of the team is to uh, to thrive. And then the third star, there's a couple ways you can go with it. I mean, Pascal had 18, 9, and 6, although I would say with Pascal that he did most of that damage in the first half and he kind of cooled off. Uh, Mark had a great game, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. The Raptors as a whole, by the way, moved the ball beautifully, 30 assists, after only recording like 17 in game two. Like, the, the ball movement was much better. But, you know, Mark had a great game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, God, this is so tough. It's, it's, it really comes down to either Danny or Fred. Um, and I'm going to give it to Danny just because he's had a tough playoffs. And I, I, feel, I feel like he deserves some recognition, especially since this is probably his best performance of the playoffs. Um but, I mean, Fred, I mean, just to acknowledge him, like, the fact that he, A, like, started off the third quarter there, which, you know, actually, that was a really smart move by Nurse, like, because, you know, Danny had three fouls at that point. And to have him then come out and guard Steph, uh, it's just, it just wasn't palatable. Like, you can't play your best defense with three fouls on you to start the second half. Like, so, anyway, so, it, great job by Nurse to, to put Fred out there. But, no, seriously, Fred hit a lot of momentum-shifting shots, and he deserves a lot of credit. But, I mean, look, realistically, man, Fred's been getting a lot of credit anyway because he's been playing phenomenal. But Danny finally stepped up. Danny finally stepped up. I mean, three threes in the first quarter. There's one where I forget who closed out on him, but he jumped. He he like he had uh, did his classic pump fake. The guy flew by him, and then he like leaned forward so much on the corner shot that it was almost like an 18 footer on the baseline, like one of those Lamarcus Aldridge joints or Chris Bosh joints. And like and he and he hit that three, but he was like he had already jumped and leaned his way in for to the arc, but he switched that and. You know, in the third quarter there, he was very instrumental in terms of just keeping the Raptors' offense going, another three triples, and a lot of that is just, you know, Raptors getting stops, going on transition, finding Danny, but for real though, Danny's been missing a lot of those shots, so to see him finally do it today was was great. Um, I, the foul trouble and stuff, it just, it hurts, I mean, and part of that is the price of guarding Steph, when he, especially because he is very good at uh, suddenly jerking his body around like a fish and uh, getting foul calls. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I mean, Steph is just like I respect. Like Steph is just doing what he has to do for real. Like it's the NBA Finals. Like if you got a lie, cheat, and steal to get your way there, that's cool. But like, um, some of these calls are real generous. There was man, there was like a, a terrible carry that he got away with. There was like play where he like fully double dribbled, like just fully traveled with the basketball. Like he had jumped up in the air with the ball and then landed. I mean, whatever. Steph has a. Uh, I mean, there's like a loose ball foul on one end. That, that one in favor of the Warriors and the other end, the same situation, loose ball, but it's a jump ball. I mean, I don't know. 
whatever. It's, it's, it's a home court. I mean, one of the greatest players of all time. Of course, he's going to get a nice whistle. But um, I thought Danny hit some, some great threes, and it was just nice to see Danny get going. And, yo, man, Warriors fans will tell you, Danny kills the Warriors. They they were very leery. Uh, they are very, I guess, leery and also weary to, uh, of playing Danny. And uh, he showed it today, finally, man. 18, 18 points. I, yo, this is long overdue. This is long overdue, man. <laughs> but it was it was it was a, it was nice to see it from Danny, and uh, hopefully there's more of these to come because he's gonna get open shots. He really is. And then on the other end, um, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, look, I'm gonna say this in with all all due respect, right? But like, it's got to go to Steph, and it's not saying that like Steph is a Gerald Henderson quality player. Absolutely not. There's no disrespect whatsoever. I just mean that he stepped up to such a degree that even by Steph's lofty lofty historical standards, like he still deserves it, man. Man, the guy was insane. The shots he was hitting was crazy. Forty seven points, you know, and he, and he did it efficiently despite the fact that the war, the Raptors were sending extra bodies at him all the time, like fourteen of thirty one, including six of fourteen from three, thirteen of fourteen from the free throw line. He got seven assists. I think in the first quarter, Steph had to like hit like seven of the actual field goals they scored and an assist on another three, and they only had, like, ten field goals in the first quarter. Like, Steph was literally doing everything. And, like, the Raptors were selling out defensively. Like, they didn't do the box and one again because, I don't know. I mean, like, I think the Warriors were obviously prepared to do the box and one, and then Nick Nurse was like, oh, you thought I was going to do it again? No, no, never mind. I'm not going to do it. But, I mean, maybe they should have, you know. <laughs> like, Steph was killing them. But it's just incredible. It, it really just uh, it really just is incredible. And, um yeah, I mean the forty-seven points is just—it's an all-time great performance. And then uh, again, it's just the hustle that he had towards the end of the game. Like he won a jump ball, uh, he was diving on the floor for loose balls, you know, poking in for for steals and stuff like that. Like Steph was killer, and he and he missed some wide open looks from three too. You know, a couple times I turned around and, and uh, sat beside Blake for this one, and you know he was just he was just like he's looking at each other like, Whew, wow, we really uh, got away with one there, and and, and that's in the game when he had forty-seven. So respect Steph, man. He's honestly one of the one of the best, best players I've ever seen play. And, uh, you know, it was great to be in the arena for this, honestly. Like, the the crowd, the way, like, the, the Oracle Arena, like, responds to Steph in particular, like, it's, uh, it's a real special connection. And, you know, Steph played, like, an all-time great today that he is. So, hats off to him. Uh, and then, in terms of your Patrick Patterson Award, uh, that's got to go to DeMarcus Cousins. Listen, DeMarcus, bro, you were really good in game two. You were pivotal. You were, you were, you know, everyone's, everyone's talking you up. And then today, what happened? Four points on one of seven shooting. Um, yeah, that's 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 not going to cut it, man. That's just not going to cut it. In 20 minutes, especially when Looney's out and you're back on your home floor and it seems like you're you're progressing in the right direction in terms of your health, you know, your pro- performances have improved steadily. Like, he, he laid an egg. He laid an egg. And the Warriors really need him. Like, they just, they need him because they don't even need him to do too much, but they just need him to be able to stay on the floor defensively because he can do a lot of things offensively. He's so versatile. And especially if you put Steph in a pick and roll with, with uh, you know, if you have Steph come around a screen or just uh, whether he's on the ball or off the ball, like involving DeMarcus and all of a sudden you get two guys going to Steph and DeMarcus is rolling downhill. Like and we saw in game two, like DeMarcus can be great, but uh, he was just a non-factor. And in the third quarter there, I mean, it wasn't like the Raptors were killing him so much um, – well, actually, no. The, the Raptors were killing him a lot defensively. <laughs> like, there was one play where like Mark had the ball like on, on the baseline against Demarcus and literally blew past him. And I've never seen Marcus all blow past 
blow by anybody. Like, you know, he's just not that kind of guy. He's a 34-year-old Spanish dude who can't really jump much. But, like, uh, he was just – he blew past him. Like, he was AI versus Derek Fisher or something. Like, he just zoomed right past him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Boogie was just a non-factor tonight. And, and uh, with the way the Warriors are in terms of just their center rotation, even though they're very deep at the center spot, I mean, like – they don't have two-way guys. And the only guy that's really capable of playing two – well, Looney's capable of playing two-way, like an Amir Johnson type. But, like, he obviously – he's out for the series. And so the only guy left is is Cousins. And Cousins was uh, was no way tonight. Like, not offensively producing nor defensively producing. So, tough game for him. Um, but he's a great player. He'll bounce back eventually. But, um, but yeah, you know, Raptors are a good spot. 2-1 in the series. We're two wins away from the NBA – uh, championship. I, it's actually insane to think about it like that, but um, you know, it's just yeah, let's take it one game at a time and things like this. But really, two games away from the title, and look, it's gonna be harder. You know, KD's probably gonna be back for Game Four. Steph's, I mean, Clay's probably definitely gonna be back for Game Four. So it's gonna be real interesting to see what happens then, because you know, if you get all those guys in, the Warriors probably aren't gonna shoot thirty nine point six percent from the field. But I mean, at the same time, man. Warriors got 30 free throws. Steph had 47. Played a pretty good game at home. You know, very determined. And uh, Raptors just played better. They took care of business. You know, real professional effort. And, yo, after all the shit that we've seen as Raptors fans in terms of playoffs, how many times we failed to take care of business? Like game one against the Cavaliers last year. Like the Raptors were winning that game throughout. A lot of you know the the Cavs were like not rested and things like that. And then to see them blow it, like literally blow tippins, multiple tippins at the end of game one. To see the amount of times the Raptors had not taken care of business throughout the the playoffs, um, it was just nice. It was nice. This was nice, and it was not easy. Like I mentioned, I don't care that the Warriors didn't have some of their top guns. It's not about that. It's the fact that this is a this is a championship team, and they play with that mentality. They're not just going to give you a game, even a game where they're kind of giving you a game, but they're still not giving it to you because, you know what, there's no clay, but there's Steph giving you 47. Like, um, This is a great team, and the Raptors came in here, and they just took care of business. They led from start to finish. And the Warriors made a couple pushes. They got like five points, seven points, whatever, and every time that happened, the Raptors had a response. So, you know, shout out the seven Raptors that, that – that you know, played tonight. Shout out Nick Nurse for putting all these guys in the right positions, and um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens for Game Four. It's gonna be very interesting. Game Four is a, a must win for the Warriors. Um, I don't think they want to go down three one with uh, on the road. Although who knows? Maybe they go down three one. You know, they all the guys get healthy and they come back and the win three straight. I wouldn't put it past this team. I mean, let's not forget that they have uh, one of the most stacked teams of all time. But um, at the moment, Raptors up 2-1, I feel pretty good. feel pretty good, especially since, again, Raps could really be up 3-0. And uh, that's when that Raps and 5 prediction of mine would have looked really damn good. But, uh, um, you know, Raptors regain home court. Raptors have 2-1 uh, lead in the series. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling real good. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, again, if you're especially if you're new to the podcast, uh, and you, if if you have enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. That the obviously the Raptors are you know this is a huge moment for the the franchise, and uh, it's gaining in exponentially, really gaining in popularity, um, especially the deeper they go in the in the in the playoffs. And there's a lot of new listeners. I appreciate that. And you know the only way that's been made possible is the fact that 
uh, people are supporting the show. They're they're rating it in the iTunes store. That that helps surface the podcast to new listeners, and people are obviously spreading with word of mouth and stuff like that. So thank you for doing that. And 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 again, I urge people to please rate, review, and subscribe. But listen, it's not just a podcast, you know. And and I'm, by the way, I'm going to put out a podcast tomorrow as well. I'm still trying to land the exact guests, but I definitely want to take a look at the series and sort of where Game Four might be. Um, you know, headed, but, uh, so look for that podcast there, but I mean, it's not just podcasts, you know, like the, the, the coverage on Yahoo Sports Canada right now is, you know, if I can just compliment my own team, like it's been phenomenal. Like you look at the social game, you know, who's bringing you Norman Powell getting snubbed by Kawhi, um, which if you haven't seen it, go look at the video. It's up on our, uh, Twitter and also our Instagram, but like <laughs> before the game, Norm's trying to hype everyone up. You know, he he puts out the hand to get a fist bump from Kawhi. And Kawhi, first off, doesn't look at him for like a solid six seconds. And then when he finally looks at him, he literally doesn't dap him. But instead, he just points towards the tunnel. And Norm's just like, oh, all right, I'll pull the thing back. And it's just like, yeah, that's just that's honestly just how focused Kawhi is. But seriously, we're bringing you that moment. We're bringing you live footage from after the game where, you know, all the Warriors fans filed out. But all you got left is, you know, Raptors fans. Um Obviously, a lot of them here, uh, especially people working in Silicon Valley. You know, shout out U of T, shout out uh, Waterloo. Um, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of expats here, but you know, fans chanting "Let's go Raptors" after the game, chanting uh, or ch- singing "O Canada" afterwards. Very beautiful scenes. I, a lot of Raptors fans, seriously, a lot, a lot of Raptors fans out here. Um, you can clearly tell that uh, there's a lot of Canadians in this area, but. You know, again, the social game. I mean, we're killing it. Instagram, Twitter, like, you know, you're getting footage that you're not seeing. A lot of other places aren't seeing. You're getting video coverage. Shout out, you know, all the work that Keyshawn and Ahmed are doing. Um, you know, they're just they're working tirelessly to, to bring you sort of behind-the-scenes access. I mean, just on, on Keyshawn in particular, I mean, like, I, I would say at this point probably like a solid 10% of Toronto have – Toronto Raptors fans have, like, Keyshawn's photos as their phone backgrounds, like – He's the one bringing you Kawhi dunking uh, various posters, Pascal dunking various posters, you know. Um, Keyshawn is just a sensational photographer, especially for someone of his age. And, and, you know, like, I mean, his stuff is getting turned into murals and T-shirts and stuff like that. I mean, you know, we're out here. But, like, you know, even all the written content, you know, um, you know, I'm putting out, you know, 10 things. And, you know, I call him, you know, after each game. But, you know, Vivek's, you know, doing his thing. He's been great. You know, Siret's doing her thing. Alex is obviously always bringing you innovative angles in terms of um, Raptors coverage. I mean, he just did a podcast with Chris Bosh. You should definitely check that out. Podcast with Tracy Murray. Like, I mean, he's, you know, Alex is one of the, he doesn't say much about himself, but Alex is one of the most underrated, um, you know, writers on all of basketball Twitter. He's a really, really smart and really uh, clever writer. And like, you know, the, the whole coverage team, man. I mean, like, Arun is, you know, shout out my guy Arun, but, you know, he was handling a live block tonight. That's obviously, if you were catching the game, mid, mid, you know, midway in progress and you want to find out what happened in the first half to get context because, you know, people are busy lives. You can't watch the whole games all the time. Like, you know, that's probably a great place to go back and check out what's going on. And, and Arun really is very detailed and meticulous in terms of uh, his coverage. But seriously, the whole the whole team, you know, the, the whole entire Yahoo Sports Canada team, again, I know, we're, I know I'm tuning my own horn, but, like, as a Raptors fan, you know, I just this is the kind of coverage I'd like to see, like I, that I've always wanted to see as a Raptors fan. So I, I'm, for me personally, I'm really happy to see it exists, and and so you know, 
um, shout out Dan Tillman, obviously, for putting it all together. But, like, the whole team right now is, is working great. So, uh, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, you know, all the the blog content, the video content, whatever you're seeing, YouTube channel, Inside the Green Room, you know, everything that Harrison is doing, um, you know, we just – we got it all covered. So, please follow Yahoo Sports Can on all platforms and uh, get on that. Uh, it's a great time to be a Raptors fan. If you're new to the team, uh, it's a great time to join. It's it, honestly his, uh, you know, we're kind of, well, the diehards and the new, and the, and the new bandwagon fans are kind of in the same boat. Like it's just, nobody has never been this far in the playoffs in terms of as a Raptors fan. So we don't, we're all experiencing this for the first time. It's all happening together. The viewership numbers across Canada are wild. Like, like a, basically like 35% of Canadians tune in for game two. And I can only assume that the number even climbed even higher today, like for game three when they won. So like, man, I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful time. And again, the Raptors are two wins away from the chip. So when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's really, really exciting times. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.